It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Jets Nation, welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am your host, CJ Simone. Let me introduce you to my squadron tonight. Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson has the night off tonight. We gave him some much-deserved rest. So we have a brand new host who's going to be filling in for him tonight. And I want to actually introduce him first because... He's been on here before, and let me tell you something. When this kid brings the fire, he brings the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together from the Live Rounds podcast for Mr. Sonny Makuchi. Hello. <laughs> All right, and now, the second winger on our squadron. You know him, you love him. He is the man, the myth, the legend. Put your hands together for Jimmy the Reaper Jardine. And now, following up the rear, ladies and gentlemen, our rookie test pilot. You know him, you love him with the magical beard. He's the host of the Take, take, take Flight Spit and Fire podcast. Put your hands together for Harrison, the Fireball Glazer. Gentlemen, what is good? Sonny, we'll kick it off to you. We'll pass the, bat- pass the baton to Jimmy, and then Harrison will follow up the flank. Talk to me, boys. What's going on? Not much, man. Same old, same old. Just going to get, going to the weekend, try to enjoy it. Got a little bit of a birthday coming up. Going to try and enjoy it as much, uh, much as I can. Trying to, trying to engulf myself with as much Jets information as I possibly can get because I'm just fiending for it. I'm like, a, I'm like a drug addict when it comes to Jets football. Hell yeah, you got a mainline that shit, baby. Yeah, I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. But yeah, man, same old, same old. I'm happy to be here. It was a kind of a last-minute thing, but I appreciate you guys having me. Let's talk some football, baby. Absolutely. First off, I, w- I want to say before we kick it over to the Reaper, it re- we really do appreciate you making time for us on such short notice. You know you always have an open spot. You know, and we we really do appreciate you giving us some time tonight. 
you know, to come and hang out with us yeah, and man. talk uh, talk a little Jets football. Reaper, what's on your mind, brother? Talk to me. Uh, having a good Friday, just uh, hanging out in Indiana, having fun with the new place. Nice. Yeah, not much, man. Just uh, OTAs are done. I'm just kind of excited to see some more. Absolutely. All right, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about OTAs in just a moment, but first, we got to bring it up the rear here for the rookie test pilot over here, making sure that our backs are 100% covered, because you know when this kid is on the Gatling gun, he's either making it turn back or turning it to ash. Fireball, talk to me. What's going on, brother? <clears throat> like always, I'm always excited to talk about them Jets, talk about everything going on. Excited that Sonny is here, man. You guys obviously probably know, but if you haven't, you got to check out Live Rounds on Facebook. Him and Kevin Robbins just light it up. It's a great show going on over there. But I'm excited, man, as a Jet fan. Like Jimmy mentioned, OTAs. There's so many guys that have been showing, and some guys that we didn't even expect to show. And that's the beauty of competition. It's the beauty of when things are done right, when you have the right system in place. I'm excited. I can't wait for more football. We have our quarterback, most important piece. I'm ready to go. Absolutely. Let me tell you, you know, one of the biggest things coming out of, uh, one of the biggest stories coming out of OTAs is the fact that how Zach Wilson and that release on the football just really have taken people by storm. Where everyone is saying, you know, he's not very many balls have hit the ground. He's been on the target. He knows how to manipulate the ball. He knows how to change up his speed. He knows when he needs to throw it deep. He knows when he needs to throw it short. He can adjust that arm strength and so on. A lot of positive things coming out of Jet uh, out of Jets OTAs. Of course, the emergence of running back Michael Carter. Okay, um, well, Michael Piran not really seeing a lot of reps, but also. You know, they're, they're starting to use Tevin Coleman a little bit more, Josh Adams a little bit more, Ty Johnson a little bit more. But what really was interesting is the fact of how complimentary Robert Sala was about a week and a half ago when he was talking about these players and how he described each and every running back and how each and every running back is a very, very integral part or, of this offense going forward. So we're going to go and tweet that out because the beat writers didn't tweet that out. I put that out. He talked about all the different running backs and highlighted a couple, except didn't mention Adams at all, which is interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of frustrating, I tell you. But you know what? I mean, one one of the biggest things that that we're starting to see, we're we're starting to see a lot of positive things coming out of, of, you know, Jets camp, the, the OTAs. The heavily participated voluntary mini camp where the Jets almost broke the post. There's there's a lot of positives to be said of so far. But you guys know how I feel. You guys know I have a lot of cautious apprehension when it comes to this team because we've seen this before. We've seen guys in t-shirt and shorts light uh, light up the football field, light up the practice field, and everybody singing their praises and doing this and doing that. And then all of a sudden, training camp comes around. And then all of a sudden, you know, uh, preseason games start coming around. And then once the regular season comes around, you figure that the rush should be more than knocked off. Everybody should already know what they're supposed to do. They may not know it 100%, but they should be anywhere between 70 to the 85% range. So what I want to do for, for opinions on what I just talked about, we're going to kick it off with Sonny. I want to go to Jimmy, and then we'll go back to Harrison. So... Sonny, talk to me. What are you feeling? What what what's your what what's your thirty thousand foot view take 
uh, on what we've seen so far with the with with OTAs? I mean, I'm taking it as a positive. I'm feeling positive about it. I mean, just just reading about it and seeing the you know little videos and vignettes that we get on Twitter or Jets pretty much put out on Facebook or any any social media platform that you look at, a lot is just positive and and it looks like they're having fun. It looks like it looks like Salah's you know not. He looks like he's 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 involved. He's not just you know making faces and making stupid comments. And it's all about football right now. And I'm excited about the guys that we didn't even knew, uh, didn't even know that were going to exist. Like Isaiah Dunn, I'm hearing a lot about him. You know, I'm, I'm hearing a lot about you know Elijah Moore. I'm hearing a lot of, a lot of things positive about the guys we you know about the new guys we have. You know, but then there's other some also some some things that we're hearing about players that we've had on the team for a couple of years. I mean, we saw last year. I mean, I mean, I'm looking I'm looking on Twitter just to see how the tight ends are doing. I haven't really seen a lot about Kenny Yeboah, but I've seen some things about Herndon, and I, I and what I'm reading is that he's still got like the the hot pocket buttery fingers. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just it, it doesn't it's not making me feel comfortable. So you know, but besides that, again, oh man, we're we're talking about the number one guy that we should all be talking about, Zach Wilson. All I see, all I hear is him just making passes, making plays, doing the doing what he's supposed to do. And you know, when you see him walk in, he got there was a little video I think I saw yesterday with the everybody's um underrated guy, Berrios. He's walking with Berrios and he says, We're here to work. We're gonna make this work. You know, it's just gonna take some time. You know, it's just it's just a positive feel for me. You know, you see them coming out the tunnel, coming out to you know the facility, and they're you know the, the reporters are asking them questions. It looks like they're just having fun right now. You know, not 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 all that down in jury or jury crap that we've been accustomed to for the last two years. Amen. So, I mean, my opinion right now is fantastic. I mean, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that we're going in a different direction. I mean, we yeah, obviously you said it. You know, you you you're cautious, weary of what will be. But as of right now, that hasn't that hasn't occurred. So right now, my feeling is they they're, they're happy. They they're happy to be there. They want to play here. Um, it's just nothing but positives. So as of right now, smile on my face, a little dance on my feet, man. I'm ready to go. All right, so Reaper, talk to me. What's going on, man? I I kind of take the opposite view of a lot of people. Like everybody's like it's shorts and t-shirts and blah blah blah. And they're not hitting yet. Right, I completely understand that view. So go ahead. Well, I just I look at it from a different perspective. Okay, so we had almost the limit. You can get ninety players in OTAs this year. And we've had over 80 every single day. And these guys are being told to, you know, pump the brakes. Let's calm down. This is our first OTA. You know, it's not even mini camp yet. But you have Zach Wilson telling telling, um, the offensive coordinator and the coaches, I already know this. Tell me something else. Show me something else. Let me see something else. And these guys, you know, LaFleur is like, okay, calm down. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. We'll get there. And I don't find that to be a bad thing on Zach Wilson's part. Like, Zach, it, that's not cockiness. That's that's somebody that understands 
how to play his position. Mm-hmm. That's and, somebody that wants to learn, in my opinion. Yeah, like he's he's like, I know how to do play action. We did it all the time at BYU. Show me what you guys are looking for for this wide zone scheme. Show me what you guys are looking for for this passing grouping, you know, this pass grouping. But he wants to do stuff early and often. Elijah Moore, he's just handling business. Like I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Uh, Elijah Moore is special and he's going to be special. And just watching his the the Twitter highlights of him doing route running, my ankles broke just watching the Twitter highlights. And I just I can't give it up enough for that kid. Like he is going to be special. And Zach Wilson is loving him, by the way. Like I'm hearing almost every day, like Wilson to Moore, Wilson to Moore, Wilson to Moore, 40 yard first down, touchdown in the red zone. Moore's getting touchdowns every day in the red zone. Like that's a good that's a good sign too because Elijah Moore is what five nine five ten right. So the fact that he can get lost in the mix in the red zone and like swing it out and become available, you know, it's not just looking for a Lawrence Cager or a Denzel Mims with that height to get that back you know that back corner fade going on. So I'm loving that aspect of it. I'm loving the Zach Wilson hype. Um, he's, he's just, he's grasping absolutely everything. Um, the defense, like, I like that the corners are getting worked because they get worked now they're going to get worked less later. So that's, I I think it's all around good. All right. Harrison, talk to me. What are you feeling? Yeah, man. There's a lot of really, really exciting stories coming out of OTAs. Now, one of the biggest things though, I'm with you, CJ OTAs is just shorts. And we've seen so many guys that have been great in shorts, specifically a wide receiver for us. We got guys like Clyde Gates or Darius Stewart, Chad Henson. The list goes on and on. So it is just shorts. It is just OTAs. But like Jimmy pointed out, you can see certain guys starting to shine. Some guys that have that maybe superstar potential or somebody that you don't expect to be running with the ones or coming into that position, actually doing so. So in OTAs has actually been a really big story. And I actually wrote an article about it on my site the other day, takeflopmedia.org. I actually spoke with DJ Bienemy personally, because I actually have a new exclusive coming to you guys. Uh, I interview him now. So we're going to be doing exclusives with DJ Bienemy, where I'll be, you know, sending you guys tweets of what he says and stuff from practices. But he confirmed it. Then Connor Hughes confirmed it. But I'm going to tease you guys a little bit. We're going to come back to that one. So we're going to come back to the big story, talking about, yeah, man, (laughs) talking about all the other guys. So there's a lot going on. You mentioned Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. He's the guy. He is the man. He's the guy I wanted. He has all the potential. Jimmy mentioned always learning. CJ mentioned that. That's what all the coaches have had to say about him. This kid is a constant learner. He's a quick pickup of the game. And like a lot of beat writers have said, you said the same thing. He doesn't look good for a rookie. He just looks good. Like just period. He looks good which is awesome. At running back, you mentioned Michael Carter. Love that kid. Big on him in the draft. I didn't expect him to be there in the fourth round. That's why I didn't want, really want him because I wanted the running back late. I didn't think he'd be there. That kid is super talented. Slept on because of Javonta Williams. Williams went higher, but you know Carter actually had more yards at North Carolina? Same amount of carries, more yards, higher average. So Michael Carter is the freaking man. He's going to be starting. Tevin Coleman's going to be back up, uh, complimentary back, used in passing situations. The wide receiver situation, that's the guy I was going to mention. One guy to other mention, though, is Braxton Berrios. He's been stepping up big in camp. Uh, and Elijah Moore, though. Elijah Moore is it, like Jimmy said. This this is a superstar. Like, 
I'm trying to think back to the last time we drafted a wide receiver with this kind of potential. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm honestly drawing a blank. Like, I can't think of this. This kid can legit be a superstar. In eight games last year, he had almost 1,200 yards, averaged like 14 a carry, eight touchdowns. That's almost like 150 yards a game, like 10 receptions a game. He's one of the best slot receivers consistently, almost ever, arguably, in college football. He's unbelievable. So that kid's going to be amazing. Sonny mentioned the corner position, Isaiah Dunn has been a big step up. What's interesting is Joe Douglas made him the highest paid undrafted corner ever. No underdrafted corner had ever been paid that much money. So I wonder why that was. And we actually saw him running with the ones. When Austin was out, we saw Dunn and Pinnock. You guys know how I feel on Pinnock. I think Pinnock's the guy. Right. But maybe Dunn could be too. So that's an interesting situation to monitor there. But the big story, the one I was holding back, the, the bombshell I was dropping, is Denzel Mims may not be wide receiver two on this team, which is really shocking. So we thought Mims wasn't playing because he was hurt, which was true. He was not playing well in camp. But with speaking with DJ, with the interviews I was doing, he told me that ever since Mims returned, even when he was healthy, he consistently ran with the twos. And Keelan Cole kept running with the ones. I figured maybe that was a fluke. So I actually had reached out to Connor, and Connor Hughes actually mentioned because I – tweeted something on his page and he mentioned back, he literally said that that's not a fluke and he dropped a bombshell. This was breaking news. You said that the Jets have been actively trying to acquire Keelan Cole for the last two years. That's a fact. He said that. He mm. said for the last two years, the Jets have been actively trying to trade for this kid, but the Jaguars didn't want to let him go. They knew what they had. Now you mentioned, you're talking about Joe Douglas. He's only been there two years. So basically his whole time with the Jets, He's been trying to get Keelan Cole. So from Hughes and DJ literally saying the same thing, like verbatim, they both said that Keelan Cole is the better route runner. And this system requires precision route running. And Denzel Mims is more of a linear player in their eyes. And it turns out that seems to be the case right now. Because again, Mims is healthy and Keelan Cole's running with the ones. So that's a really interesting situation. Cole and Corey Davis could wind up being these two outside guys. Well, I, I don't, discount that i and i don't care who it is i like i i've always said i'm a jets fan first and i'm a player fan second i don't care what wide receivers are going to be in the top of the depth chart as long as the best player is playing but i just wonder if jacksonville knew what they had why let them get away in free agency my guess is not wanting to pay him i mean from what i've seen with them and you mentioned the twitter videos what every week like he's a wide receiver two three but he makes those ridiculous catches like remember oh, i tweeted I a video out yeah the ridiculous catches like i remember tweeted the video out where the the announcer literally said you know there's speed guys in the league but not many of them could turn around and make a spider-man catch like that like this kid's got great route running makes these unbelievable catches i really like mims and i figure you know joe douglas just drafted him last year like he just drafted him second round supposed to be a first round prospect but then i also think about that Hughes is reporting now that they've been actively trying to get Keelan Cole, which means Keelan Cole is also Joe Douglas's guy. So this is going to be a very interesting situation to see how this plays out, especially once they put pads on. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Mm -hmm. Also, another thing, too, is that the Jets were actually one of the uh, the secret uh, teams uh, trying to acquire uh, Julio Jones. And apparently they had a package that they had put together, but apparently it was not enough uh, for what the Falcons were, were looking for. And then Julio Jones obviously ended up uh, going to 
you know, go, going to Tennessee, which now greatly improves their team. But the question is, we actually talked about this last night. Um, I was a special guest host standing in for Errol Marks on WWSRN Sports Loudmouths uh, show, which broadcasts on Wednesday night and Thursday night from 9 to 12. So last night, this was something that was brought in. It was It was brought up kind of closer to the end of the show as a good portion of the show got dominated with the, uh, you know, uh, cheating in baseball and then the the, uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs and whether or not Matthew Barzal is overrated and uh, I don't even want to talk about that. It, it, that was just a disaster. Plus, but uh, but the one thing that, that I want to bring up as I go off on just a, a little bit of a tangent here, they actually a special guest caller. Um, his, his, uh, he actually goes by the beef. Okay. I have no idea who this guy, what this guy's real name is. He calls up the show every week, religiously comes on, he shoots some takes and he stands by him no matter how ridiculous they are. Yeah. I, I dealt with him as a commenter when, when they were, me and Speedy were trying to go after this guy on, uh, analytics and baseball. He was trying to say that analytics don't matter in baseball. And I'm like, you're out of your mind. <laughs> right. So, so you know, I mean, Jimmy already knows what the what where it's at, but um. So what? what if the stats don't matter, why the hell are you counting? Right, right. So one of the one one of the things that uh, I brought up was he actually made a statement that he doesn't think that Zach, that Zach Wilson is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. So when it, when I pressed him on it and I asked, okay, well. You say that you think Zach Wilson is not going to be an, a, a good NFL quarterback. Tell me why. Is there is there a reason? Did you watch tape? Maybe you see something in the tape that you don't like or something that concerns you. Do you think it's arm strength? Do you think it's footwork? Do you think it's something? His response, and this pissed me off to all, uh, to, to all hell, was, I don't know, I just don't think he's going to be that good. Oh, yeah, he said the same thing. <laughs> so... So, so when I when I continued to press him on the subject, all right, when when I continued to press him on the subject, he just kept reverting back to, I just don't think he's going to be that good. I just don't think he's going to be that good. And I kept asking him, based on what? Then he tried to tried to pull out the well, Penn State plays nobody, Penn State doesn't have an offense, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Meanwhile. Penn State actually had runs a pro style offense in their football program. They actually did play some some good teams, and he took the he took the biggest leap between 2019 and 2020 out of all the quarterbacks that were drafted in this past draft class. Yeah. So send him my way. I make I, I, so, I've been defending Zach Wilson for a long well, time. I got every defense. You know he 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 just. <laughs> Shout out to Ben Lowry in the comments over here who actually watched the show last night and can attest. This is an entirely true story. I was watching and listening. <laughs> Kevin Jackson, our, 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 uh, our partner in crime over there, in the comments, uh, I want to keep interrupt Harrison with, with, the, with the crying, laughing face, sideways, laughing emojis. Uh, Scott Kalisby in the, uh, in, in the comments. Uh, again, thank you for everybody who's commenting. Keep sending them on. We'll get them on the air. Mims, the guy who missed half the season last year and then disappeared half the games that he played in. And then Kevin Jackson back with what's up, guys. Uh, 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 ben Lowry with better than Al Toon with the big eyes. Um, Scott Cleesby again. Come on, CJ. They have, re- uh, they have new cleats on. Let's get excited. 
yeah, can catch a ball and run without falling in shorts and a t-shirt. Let's just run the same show from four years ago because the same things were said about Sam. Look out, rookie head coach and QB Jets fans. Let's get ready for the Super Bowl. How about we win one game? Just one. And you know what? That's actually, believe it or not, that's kind of how, how, I, how I feel about it and the reason why I have such the apprehension that I do. But just to, just to comment on, on that and the, the, the Zach Wilson. First off, shout out to, to, to Errol Marks. Speedy PD, Joshua Silverberg for, have, for having me on the show last night. It was a lot of fun. We did get to talk about the Jets uh, uh, quite a bit toward the end of the show. And yes, I did do one of my classic rants. So, obviously, if you get an opportunity, go and check it out. But one of the things that I wanted to talk to you guys about, especially with Denzel Mims now sliding down the depth chart. Okay. The Jets. Well, maybe. Well, well. Maybe true, true. We don't know for sure because you know the uh, the the fifty three man the the fifty three man roster is um pretty much written in sand right now because you know nobody has has anything locked up and that's the way it should be because Robert Sala wants the utmost competition out of everybody. So I'm gonna pose a question to you guys. We'll start off with Sonny. Then we'll go to Harrison, and we'll follow. We'll we'll have Jimmy follow up the rear this time because I know he's probably got some fire takes that he's been uh, been been holding in his side pocket there. Sonny, talk to me. What are you What are you thinking about what I just said and what just transpired? And you're over there shaking your head, and I can't wait to hear the explosion. Oh my god, I don't I don't know who beef or chicken or fajita is. I didn't get to watch. Uh, the show. I was doing some things last night, but then he's he's obviously one of those fans that just looks at someone's tweet and goes, "Oh, that's information that I'm going to use." Like I I had conversations with somebody. They were comparing this QB class to, I guess, Sam's QB going to be the next Sam Darnold. He's going to be the next Josh Rosen. And I'm like, well, I'm like, well, where do you, where where are you getting this information from? Where in your head do you think that we're going to get rid of a guy after one year, especially the, this this kid? First off, he didn't do what Sam Rosen did. Josh Rosen, uh, Rosen did. He didn't come in and say, oh, I have a chip on my shoulder. I'm going to be the best quarterback and then shit the ba- uh, crap the bed. He wasn't like that. He's nothing like that. First off, he's a hell of a lot better. He has a better attitude. He's on a better, I guess, mentally stable team at this point. It's just a whole different situation. Now, again, I don't know what uh, Beefcake or Chicken Leg said to you, <laughs> but let's be honest with each other. He's not... He, he's not. He's not going to suck. He's not going to. He's not going to be the worst quarterback. He's not because you know he's got better coaches than our current or our ex uh, ex quarterback had. Okay, and uh, you know going off the comments, you know like oh rookie head coach, rookie uh, rookie quarterback. Let's uh, let's not go to the Super Bowl. Let's win a, a game first. Yeah, obviously I'm on the same uh, boat as you. I respect that thought process, but let's put it like this. Let's put this in perspective. Okay. When when Sam was playing for uh, for uh, Adam Gates for the first year, you looked at that team, you looked at those personalities, and you looked the way they reacted to that coach when he came in. It's not the same thing. It's not the same feeling. They're not acting the same way. All right, mm-hmm. they respect his facts, guy, and they've been showing that since the day he's got there. Since the day he's gotten there, they've 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 shown nothing but respect and just hype. And you know what? We don't got uh, Pat Oswald as an offensive coordinator anymore, okay? We have another LaFleur. And LaFleur, thus far, has been nothing 
but he's, he's won some games. He's put in some good packages and he's done some things. And I don't care if people are going to disagree with me. That's what you, that's what you have the freedom to do. But let's be honest with each other. It's not the same thing. And, and it just, it just, you know what? I'm going to use a Peter Griffin quote here. It grinds my gears when people just think yeah. they, because of something that happened in the past, it's going to continue to keep happening. All right. It's not, you gotta, you gotta cut that BS out enough. You guys are so you guys are so hung on all this freaking negativity that you've grown accustomed to. Have some have some freaking faith. Have some damn faith. It's a it's a freaking it's a it's a atrocity that these people continue to have these thoughts that we're just going to continue to crack the bed. All right. Even Woody Johnson's got better at tweeting. He's gotten better at being an owner. He stepped back. Him and his his idiotic brother stepped back and let Joe Douglas run his damn team. That's one thing we have. We have. We have your changing. Maybe you should too. It's a friggin' uh, and you know what bothers me the most is that I'm not used to not cursing. And it's like it's really like I'm trying to hold back so much. <laughs> I wish I was able to just throw f bombs left and right. But realistically, <laughs> all these people who can't, who cannot get a grip on reality, I hope it smashes you in the face. Game one, game two, game three. When we're not losing by two points. When we're, when, we're, when, we're, when we're actually playing competent football from quarter one to quarter four, we're not going to see our coach on the sideline looking at his coloring book, just wondering <laughs> what the hell, what the, who, who's going to ha- have a good play next. All right? I like that. I like that. I like that. Friggin' A, man. All right. Harrison, talk uh, to me. Man, if you want a Zach Wilson supporter or someone who's going to give you the facts and make you feel great about him, you're not going to find a better place than here. Because you guys remember, I was saying it fine. What do these the kids say now? They say, check my receipts. <laughs> check my receipts on Twitter. Back in the beginning of December, I said that Zach Wilson was the second best quarterback in this draft. That was back when nobody was saying it. It was all about Justin Fields. All about Justin Fields back then. Zach Wilson is the freaking guy. And CJ, you mentioned about, you know, the touch passes, knowing when to put what kind of emphasis on what ball, putting mm-hmm. it in the right position. One of the second things, the first thing I always said about Zach Wilson was his pocket presence. And I'm going to come back to that. That was always the first thing. The first thing I noticed about him where like, I just saw him literally the first second I saw him and I was just blown away. It was the pocket presence I hadn't seen other than like with Russell Wilson, like an innate ability to just judge where it breaks down and who's coming where and to understand alignments. And it was just unbelievable. Blew my mind. But the second thing was always he throws his receivers open. And what I meant by that was two things. By saying he throws receivers open, I meant the first thing, like you said, that he knows what to put on the ball, whether to throw a lob or a touch pass or a quick pass or a rocket or a deep ball, and he puts the ball in the right place. There's two aspects of throwing a receiver open. You can put it in the right place and throw a bullet when the guy's five yards away from you and he's not going to catch it. So you had there's two aspects to that. Zach is the guy, and I think you see these people crapping on him Really easy answer. He doesn't have an answer. I know why he's doing it. He's doing it because Zach became the guy. Before, Trevor was the guy. But everyone was saying he's generational. So if you say anything bad about him, you'll look like an idiot. Because they're like, he's generational. But now, Zach, as you remember, became the guy. For months, everyone was all quiet on Trevor. And from like January, February-ish, till the draft, it was all about Zach Wilson. So because he's not the generational guy... You're going to have people coming out and crapping on him, saying, yeah, I don't believe in him. But remember, every single every single one of those myths has been disproved. They talk about the competition. Competition's relative. He's playing with guys of the same level. So the competition is relative. If you put him on a team like Ohio State or Clemson, he would freaking kill it. He took a team like BYU that would not have been ranked without him and made them ranked. 
They talked about the character issues. Clearly, he's shown that's not a problem anymore. But I, I showed that at the time when his teammates came forward back in November. Sorry, back in, I think it was November, December, when they were saying that stuff, that he was entitled and a brat. His teammates and coaches immediately came forward saying he's got great character. In his pro day, he said, football is my life. It's all I do. We've seen what he's doing in OTAs. All the arguments against the man. This is the guy. He's got the talent. So, yeah, anyone that's hating is just hating because they're not ready to see what Zach Wilson's going to do to them. <laughs> I like that. All right, Reaper, talk to me. I see you steaming over there because I see the smoke coming out of your ears. <laughs> Look, man, uh, the, the one thing I despise more than anything is when somebody has the gall to open their mouth without having the facts. All these guys, like like that instance when you what you're talking about i just think he's not going to be good i just don't think it's going to happen that's because you forgot what stupid colin coward said on his show the yesterday about zach wilson you don't have the defense to say what you're saying because you forgot what coward said or you forgot what stephen a smith said from the day before you're not thinking about what is tangible on the field so anybody that that has those types of you can't even call them arguments, man. It's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like anybody who but, opens their mouth without having any information to back it up, instant dismissal. You are instantly out of the argument. You are instantly out of the conversation because you can you can contribute nothing to it. As far as Zach Wilson, we've had we've had people. I've I've gotten into debates about Zach Wilson with specific specific people. And I'm not going to name drop, but Sonny knows what I'm talking about. And uh, I just, I can tell you the objective things. The arm strength is there. The touch is there. The accuracy is there. The off-schedule ability is there. The ability to see your field and to read a defense is there. Um, like, it's all there. It's all there. It's just a matter of him being taught by the right people to do the right things and we have those people now Amen. the coach who should not be named isn't here anymore previous regimes aren't here anymore the johnsons aren't telling sala or joe douglas how to run this offense or defense or how to run this roster they're not doing it anymore so now woody johnson can just go ahead and have fun on twitter like that's that's fine with me i'm okay with that but but to, to uh, Harrison's point about competition, um, those big schools where they say, oh, man, he went to Ohio State, they play some pretty good competition. Look at their, look at their non-conference schedule, and you tell me that they play tough competition day one to the last day of their season because they don't. Did you know, CJ, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw your gators under the bus. Did you know? That That's Florida okay. Gators, Everybody does. That's okay. Pile it on. Did, did you know that the Florida Gators have not played a non-conference game out of the state of Florida for like 18 years? Uh, Yes, actually, I did know that. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah. It's called a comfort zone. <laughs> uh, they per those big schools purposely set up a cupcake non-conference schedule so that they can pad their stats, they can pad their numbers, they can pad this and that. The, the schools like like Utah, Boise State, BYU, TCU, those types of schools, 
we, the small schools, have to go after every single tough school that we can in non-conference just to be in the conversation. So while BYU is trying to schedule the toughest competition they can find, like a Tennessee or like a Washington or a USC, while they're struggling to get those, you have the Ohio States and the Floridas and the Texases and, you know, all these big schools, the Alabamas that play middle Tennessee state junior college week <laughs> one, and then they play UC Davis week two, and then they play Appalachian state week three. Uh, it, you know what I mean? Like, Wait, don't forget. Don't forget about SCLSU, bro. Come on now. SCLSU mud dogs, baby. Yeah. Gotta, I mean, dogs, you know, man. Hey, you got to, you know, the mud dogs, the dude, the mud, the mud dogs are tough, man. That stadium is I, tough to play in. They're, I heard they're they just got a really good linebacker. Yeah, I hear uh, I hear that too. <laughs> Yo, Jimmy, I'll take what so you're saying, man. But the the whole the let whole me... point the whole point on it is, it's not like, yes, you know, Trevor Lawrence is gonna play against some tough defenses, but he's not doing it week in and week out. Yes, Justin Fields is going to be playing some tough schools, but he's not doing it week in and week out. There's there's no difference from the skill level that that uh, Zach Wilson has to play at BYU to the skill level comparatively and proportionately to what a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence has to play. Okay, so you can't have it. My, my final word on this is going to be you can't have it both ways, okay? You can't say he's not good enough because he doesn't play competition when they don't have a choice of who's who the competition is in the first place. So you can't say he's not good enough and then at the same time say he plays cupcakes because it's, it's, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't, it doesn't fit. It does not compute. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy, let me take that. Let me I, I, real quick. Yes. Let me All right. real quick. I, just want to, I just want to do this real quick. All right. So a lot of people I work with, they call me a very vindictive asshole. And I, and I expect, and I expect that because I am, I, I don't forget anything. I'm always, I always remember things just so I can throw it back in their face. Now this has nothing to do with the people I work with, but just people who are our fans. And I know nobody wants to talk about Sam Darnold anymore, but because he's no longer with us, but he, here, 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 let me make a point about Zach Wilson in comparison to uh, Sam Darnold. You can't when Sam uh, started his first OTAs, right? I will. And I will, and I'm going to do, and I'm going to have a point to it too. I'm going to compare those two for Jet fans alone. Okay, now when Sam did his first rookie mini camp, and then he did his first OTAs and all that other stuff. At this point right now, although Zach Wilson hasn't played his first game as an NFL quarterback, at this point, I remember the tweets coming out from Jets mini camp, Jets OTAs. There was times when Sam Darnold had bad practices. Now Zach Wilson, to this point. Today, which would be the 11th, Zach Wilson has had bad plays, not bad practices. Therefore, he's probably already ahead of uh, Sam Darnold as a quarterback going into his rookie season. And for people who already say, well, Zach Wilson is going to be the next Josh Rosen or the next Sam Darnold or the next uh, – the list goes on. They're they're so out of the touch with what is actually happening because they don't want to hear that. They don't want to believe it. All they want to know or they all they want to think is that we're just going to do it again. We're going to screw up again. But they don't realize that this kid, every day you go on and you read quotes, 
from DJ Bianami or Connor Hughes or even Rich Samini sometimes when he was want to be a complete and utter jackass. They're saying positive things every day. Like, wow, look at this kid. This kid's making zip throws. He and you you said it, Harrison. He's not a good rookie quarterback. He doesn't look like a good, good rookie quarterback. He looks like a good quarterback. You got that a couple times with Sam, but they always criticize some other things. His footwork, Flashes. his decision-making, lights out. So I'm going to point out to you <laughs> that at this point, whether you want to believe it or not, Zach is actually ahead of Sam, which is probably, what, if you really look at it, Sam's had three years with us, and he still has the same problems he's having in Carolina with his footwork. His decision-making. Oh, yeah, he has the arm. It's not as strong as X. I don't give a damn what you say. It's, it's not, not even close. It's not even in no. the same playing field. Not, 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 not in that category, no. So, and that is my point. So anybody who wants to friggin' just constantly just, you know, light the fuse, I guess I'll be a can of water. Man. I'm just going to put that fuse out because you're, you're full of it, and we all know it. <laughs> damn straight. All right, so really quick, I'm going to get these comments on the air. All right, um... <clears throat> uh, ben Lowry uh, uh, joining the chat again. Thank you for joining us. Great show last night. Uh, Kevin Jackson chiming in. Sonny, that hoodie is so fire. Um, Harrison trolling, uh, doing a little trolling to Kevin over there. Kevin, what did you want to interrupt and say with the with the, the laughing face emoji? Please, I, I was curious. So, I want to get him on the air. What do you want to say? Let's bring it up. So he's, <laughs> he chimes back. I'm just talking smack though. Uh, Scott Kalisby back in the back in the comments again. Have faith, whatever joke left out loud. Just hit repeat for every new coach and quarterback because this is going to be the one. I have 13 reasons to know what this team is. 39 players, but don't worry, they'll gel. Just ask Jimmy. We're going to win 11 games. Uh, Kevin Jackson, Jimmy is me right now. Bring it, bro. Scott Kalisby back in. How about we let Zach throw one pass before we say what he's going to be? Stop smoke, stop blowing smoke up the guy's butt, and stop with the friggin' Kool Aid. Hi, Jimmy. LOL. He's throwing a bunch of passes, and he's connecting on ninety nine percent of them, and he is putting exactly the touch he needs. He's putting the velocity he needs. He's showing mid season form in OTAs, and I love it. And you can't convince me any different, Scott. You're not bringing me down, brother. And uh, Scott continues on because we had a top ten, uh, because we had a top ten defense. He's throwing against a practice. Uh, Kevin back in the comments. Woody is killing Twitter though. Uh, Scott again. That's why we keep drafting Florida players for your little throw, uh, throwing the Gators under the bus. Uh, like Sally's Beauty School. Uh, uh, I'll help your argument because Jerry Rice went to a top school. Um, ben Lowry chiming in. UW with uh, a bunch of emojis there. Uh, Scott Cleesby, nobody knows until he starts to play because Brady, uh, because Brady was thought to be an all-time great. That's why he blasted until, oh, that's why he lasted until, uh, pick 199. I don't want to hear about arm strength. Nagel and Perry had cannons. How did they do? And how many counted in a real game? So those, those are all the comments. We're caught up to this point. And look, I, uh, I, I see everybody's points. And that's the reason why I put, I, I put it in the comments today. And the reason why I'm still taking the approach. Yeah, they had great OTAs. Yeah, he had great, he had great um, touch on his passes. Yeah, you know, Elijah Moore and Braxton Barrios are standing out. Yes, Michael Carter standing out. That's all well and good. 
But you guys truly know how I feel. And I'm sorry I'm going to be the poison pill of the bunch. Okay? And the bottom line is, is that I'm not going to believe one friggin' thing about this New York Jets team until you go out there week one and show me that you can play 60 minutes of competitive football. Go out there and show me that you can, you can, you can fight whistle to whistle. Show me that you can win a game. Let's start with that. Because we could talk about OTAs, the underwear Olympics, the swimsuit Olympics, whatever friggin' Olympics you want to talk about. Training camps, the glorified padded, padded practices, etc., etc., etc. We could talk about all, all of that all we want. Because everybody could look great in training camp. Everybody could look great in practice. It's what you do on Sunday when it counts that will determine how you're viewed, not just now, but in the future. So this is the reason why when I look at this New York Jets team, I'm asking everyone, I'm not telling everyone, I'm asking everyone, pump the brakes, sit back and relax, enjoy what you're seeing, but have zero expectation. You're not zero. Dad, CJ. Right, you're right. <laughs> Listen, here's the thing, okay? I know that everyone's going to come with their own particular take and they feel confident about the schedule. They feel confident about this team and so on and so forth. And bravo, God bless you. And I love you for it and I respect you for it. So if that's how you feel, shout it from the mountaintop. As I do. Okay? <clears throat> but, this, but but this is how this is how I feel. Because we've seen this dog and pony show before. We've seen players come in and light up OTAs and light up training camp and look good and look and I'm not just talking about Sam Darnold. I'm talking about players that came before him. Okay? We all got excited when Todd Bowles was head coach. Oh, my job is to coach for uh, 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 to coach football. Uh, it's not my job to coach the media. Okay, how'd that turn out? Okay, we all got we we all got excited. John Idzik, ooh, new GM, he's gonna work great with Rex. That turned out to be a train wreck. Okay, I'm I'm tired of the 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 what's the word I'm looking for? The over exaggeration. Okay, the over exaggeration. Repetitive letdown. Yeah, because because look, I come from expect the worst and hope for the best. Why? Yeah, that's because a good for life, man. Because because you know what, Murphy, good old Murphy's law is right around the corner to kick you in the ass at any time, and then when you're down on your knees, he's going to give you the rabbit punch to the back of the head, because. Anything could go wrong at any time, okay? Two words that I want stripped from the New York Jets vocabulary is if and hope. And the only way that those two words are going to be stripped is when you start winning games. Because right now, the the Jets, regardless of what they do, they're an NFL punchline. That's why everybody talks about all gas, no break. It's just a cliché. Oh, Robert Sala is just a bald version of Rex Ryan and, and, and slimmer and more jacked up. What I want to see is put the pieces of the puzzle together. Let's see how they play week one. Let's see how they play week two. Smack the Patriots in the mouth. Smack the Carolina Panthers in the mouth. 
go to go to London, smack the Falcons in the mouth. Because that's the only way that the Jets are going to get respect in the NFL. Is you have to beat somebody you're not supposed to beat. That's the only way. They won't let us get it through your goddamn heads. I don't understand what is so friggin' hard about this goddamn point. Now, that I got that out of my system, Harrison, you had something you want to add before we move on to the next segment? Yeah, man, I feel you, and it's true, you know, we've, it's the old, you know, the old SOJ, same old Jets, they constantly let us down, but as someone, you know, who does a lot of eval myself, I hated Itzik, I hated McCagnan, I was, as you saw, you know, I, if you guys haven't checked it out, Monday on my podcast, Take Flight, Spit, and Fire, whole episode all about Joe Douglas, just about why I knew after his first draft that he was a great GM. Like why I knew it and all the reasons before that leading up to that, why I was ready to make that decision after that first draft. This guy's it. Robert Sala's a piece of the puzzle. Man, I- I'm excited. I mean, it feels different. But I wanted to make a point before about what Jimmy said. He made a really good point about Ohio State and Clemson. And I think an important thing that is always said and people don't mention with that is we hear the term system quarterback all the time. People throw around the word system quarterback. But they don't really explain what it means. Can you explain what it means? You can actually dissect those systems. So you're saying that the system is so good and the quarterback is set up in a position to succeed that it works to his strengths. There's fail saves built in. They know the receivers know what to do if the play breaks down. The system is built for success. Well, that's what Ohio State has. That's what even places like Clemson have. There's a reason they consistently win and they're the best teams because they have great coaches and they have great systems. It's the reason we've barely ever seen a good quarterback come out of Ohio State. Clemson seems to be the one exception, but with Alabama, that leaves to be seen as well. That's what these system quarterbacks are. And on my podcast, my QB eval, I hope Ohio State doesn't come after me. I broke down their system. It's the reason I didn't like Justin Fields. I broke down, okay, this is what the receivers do when the play breaks down. This is what Fields does. You can see it if you watch it. I call it the predictability factor. If you can find the predictability, it's because it's in the system. It's built in. BYU didn't have that. Zach Wilson didn't have that. There is no system QB. There's a man making it. And there's a huge, huge difference there. All right. Very good points, Harrison. All right. So tonight... I'm taking over Kevin Jackson's segment of uh, the any the Emmy Award nominated uh, segment we have here on Weapons Hot called In the Spotlight. In the Spotlight with Kevin Jackson. Kevin Jackson. And basically tonight, who I have in the white hot spotlight is none other than our general manager Joe Douglas. The reason why I have Joe Douglas in the spotlight, two reasons. One, even though we have a lot of talent on this roster, in my opinion, we still need more. You guys know how I feel. You add talent. You don't replace talent. Joe Douglas is going to meticulously try to attempt to add some more talent to to this Football team, regardless whether it's players that get cut from training camp, regardless whether it's players that get cut from practice squads or, or whatever, unrestricted free agents that get released, who, whoever. I don't care if he goes to the CFL 
and he gets some dude over there who who uh, you know got uh, got cut by the Toronto Argonauts. Okay, bring him in, put pads on him, and if he can play, and he can play to the level that he's expected to play, then that was Freddie Bishop, remember? Then, right. Guy. Then then bring him on. Okay, because. There is there is no cutoff to getting better. Every week, forget every week. Every day, this team should strive to be a better football team than they were the day before. And I don't care what it is, whether it's film study, whether it's prep, whether it's exercise, whether it's diet, whether it's whether it's um injury management or whatever. I don't care what it is. Every single day, you should try to be better than you were the day before. And that's what I want to see out of this New York Jets team. And I'm sorry, it starts, it, it all begins and ends with the guy who's pulling all the strings right now. And that's Joe Douglas. All right. And number two, the biggest thing that I want Joe Douglas to remember is, is that he told Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson when he was hired that this was going to be a process. And this was going, he was going to stick to his blueprint. Right now, what I'm starting to see is bits and pieces of stuff that used to happen in Baltimore when Ozzie Newsom was GM. Hence, the Crowder, the, the Crowder situation manipulation, okay? The trading of Sam Darnold, different parts that have been cut, the restructuring of contracts and so on and so forth, bringing guys in on show-me deals instead of shi- uh, uh, signing guys to big money and long-term deals. And that's probably also one of the reasons why Marcus May still doesn't have a deal yet, but they have until July 15th to finalize that, according to the, to, according to the franchise tag. And I do believe that it'll get done. I do. Because I think that even though Marcus May was not somebody who was drafted by Joe Douglas, Joe Douglas believes enough in him to slap a franchise tag on him. Because if he didn't believe in him, he would have traded him for a bag of balls or a jockstrap. Or both. And I'm sure I'm, I'm sure 30 other teams would have lined up to give their left testicle to get Marcus May. Because he's a great player. From the University of Florida. Take that, bitches. Now... Joe Douglas still has a lot of work to do. Still has a lot of work to do. He's not done. So I understand, and, and, and shout out to Brooklyn, Montana in the comments as I want to add this to the segment. It's okay to feel optimistic about this team. I'm very excited regardless, t-shirts or not, be proud. And I applaud you for that. Say it louder for the people in the back because maybe the negative Nellies will finally pull their heads out of their ass. And start to take a deep breath of fresh oxygen instead of fart air. I'm tired of being told, like, it's, I'm just being realistic. I'm just being realistic. Right, but here's the thing. Oh you, could be, you could be cautiously optimistic and still be realistic at the same time. Because realistic is just a, 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 another way to hide behind negative in some cases. And look, I've busted Scott Cleesby's balls. Both in private chat and on the show. And in the comments. But you know what? I respect the guy because if that's the hill that he's going to die on, then that's the hill he's going to die on. And I respect him for that. Because he gives you the reasons why he's on that hill. And the reason why he feels that way. And again, circling back to Joe Douglas, it's his responsibility and his job to change the culture to change the atmosphere 
and to finally have the New York Jets from being Loserville, USA to a relevant NFL franchise that people are going to have to start taking seriously. That's my In the Spotlight segment. We're going to go around the room for your thoughts on it. Jimmy, I'm going to start with you. Then we're going to follow up with Sonny. Harrison, you're going to follow up the reel with the Gatling gun. I think that, again, because I'm in an, I'm in a Facebook group called the AFC East Discussion. <clears throat> Great spot. But uh, all the stuff that I deal with as a Jets fan over there, uh, I mean, we still hear butt fumble stuff. We still hear about how we destroy quarterbacks and blah, blah, blah. And they don't understand that we've drafted mediocre quarterbacks rather than good quarterbacks. And then the mediocre guys get hyped up. And then all of a sudden they're in a bad coaching situation with previous Jets regimes. And now the Jets are responsible for yet another quarterback loss. And it just it frustrates me to no end. The jersey, the uniform, does not make or break a player. I don't care what anyone has to say. We have the right people in place now, and it starts with Joe Douglas. It absolutely starts with him. And I think he has put together a great head coaching hire in Robert Sala, and I think him and Sala have collaborated and gotten an amazing coaching staff from top to bottom. I love that they are, we're the only team now that has a specified uh, medical facility or like medical team that is headed up by actual doctors. I, I love that that has, that has been a thing. I just, the media, they'll never let us have anything until we win the Super Bowl. And even then, they'll say, whoever we play, well, they weren't at full strength. They'll say, if we beat the Falcons, well, the Falcons didn't have Julio Jones. That's why they beat the Falcons. Wait, but don't they have Kyle Pitts? What's going to be the excuse then? They'll find something. because, And I'll give you a prime example of what I'm talking about, CJ. Before Becton was drafted, not a single personality said anything about his weight in a derogatory way. They said that Becton was a beast. He is the biggest most most just versatile offensive lineman that was in that particular draft no questions about his weight not not in a negative way he gets drafted by the jets has a couple minor injuries which and that's what they've been is minor injuries here and there and now all of a sudden the media is like well he's a jet now so okay it's his weight his weight's a problem he's probably gonna have to trim down and once he trims down he's not gonna be as dynamic blah 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 well, it wouldn't have been a problem if the Patriots had drafted him. It wouldn't have been a problem if the Cowboys had drafted him. But the Jets drafted him, so now it's an issue. So if we do, they'll just they'll never let us have anything. So we need, as a fan base, we need to stop expecting that one day we will get that respect because it's never going to happen. Yeah, Jeff, I could just happen. jump in quick with the Mackay Beckton thing because uh, <clears throat> Sonny mentioned before with the beat writers. It's the way these media guys are, man. And that's why I personally take it upon myself. If you notice when the videos come out, I give the full freaking quote. Because what is this bullshit of taking a piece of a quote just to 
further his story or get some clicks. So when they asked Robert Sala about Makai's weight, he actually shrugged it off and laughed, if you watch the video, and said that weight is not a problem if the player is athletic and fast and good at what he does. He yeah. then said that conditioning is very important. What did the beat writers do? They literally only took the sentence that conditioning is important and spun it that Makai needs to lose weight. That is not what Robert Sala said. That I is know. not true. The guy had no injury history in college. Anybody of any weight could have plantar fasciitis. Stop spinning I, stuff. No, I, I totally know. I, and I completely understand what you're saying. The fact of the matter is, is we get so spun up about the disrespect in the media that that causes a lot of infighting between Jets fans, I think. Because some Jets fans, they, we've talked about them earlier, that they take those media takes and they just they think that's the actual thing that's the way to go mm -hmm. and then when the people like us like Sonny and Harrison and CJ who dive deep into this stuff and we understand what is really going on we have to fight with those Jets fans and they turn around and say that we're just we got their green colored glasses on and we're not being realistic but that's the realistic comments is your way of uh, it, it's like that's when you've lost the argument because you have no other defense. You're not realistic. Well, yes, I am because I objectively see what's happening. And I think that Joe Douglas, like I said before, uh, it's not a baby powder company controlling this football team anymore. It's a football guy in charge of some operations. So I think that I think we're heading in the right direction. I think Joe Douglas is definitely the guy to lead us there, and I think this coaching staff is gonna is gonna put us over the top. All right, Sonny, chime in. What are your thoughts? All right, right, right off the bat, let me uh, let me get make this really really clear. I don't give a good goddamn what the media says, and I haven't for the last couple of years. Yes, I read their their lines. Their quotes, their tweets, their ideas, their articles, a little something stat in there that I didn't know that I can learn from. But you're right, Harrison, you said it. They, they you know, Becton, or I mean, um, you know, Silas says this whole thing about Becton, and they take one line out of it and they, they try to spin it. So we think he's a friggin' bust. All right, go suck it. I don't really care. If, if you say he's going to be good for actual training camp, then whatever. Let him have plantar fasciitis. I've, I've played football for so damn long personally that when I got injured, I know what injury consists of. I know how long a person could possibly be out. I mean, I'm older, I'm older than all those players on that team right now. But I get it. But that, forget about the media. I'm just, you know, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, swing back to Joe Douglas. CJ said it, man. You know, it, it, we can have great player acquisitions. We can make great, uh, draft picks. We can make great trades. We can pick up good free agents. We can do all that, but the job is never done. You you never you never at a hundred percent. You never have a hundred percent overall. You always got to get better. You can always find another player. There's always there's always more you can do. And as long as Joe continuously does that, it doesn't it doesn't have to be a, a big name player. And I and I know um, CJ has said it that you know. The Titans, not the Titans, the, the Falcons were in contact with the Jets because there was a possibility that they were going to, you know, look to trade up, trade for Julio Jones. Listen, as long as he's taking phone calls and making phone calls to try to make this team better, I'm excited. I want that to happen. I want that kind of guy. I don't want a guy to be afraid of what of what we're giving up or, you know, he wants to make the team better. I want to make the team better. Then we're on the same goddamn page. We're, I would I'm be there. mad. So, I, I just... 
not to interrupt you, Sonny, right, just, go, go. One, just real quick. I would have been mad at Joe Douglas if he had not inquired about Julio Jones. I'm not saying that we should have got him, but I would have been mad if you don't actually talk about or inquire about a player of that caliber. No, and I understand completely what you're saying. Because you know what? Like, again, like CJ said, we're just because we're a good team doesn't mean that we shouldn't be a great team. And anything he can do to make this team a great team, that I'm all I'm all about it. And I know there's going to be times where he has to let a player go that everybody liked or he has to trade a player that everybody liked. It's just it's just how the business is. And I know there's a situation right now with, uh, you know, Jamison Crowder where they want to do something with his contract where they might want to give him less money and all that other stuff. And it, I mean, I like James Crowder, Jameson Crowder. I think he's a good player. He's been nothing but good these last couple of years. He's been one of our better players. Um, yeah, he he's seems been like one a of really our, nice guy. He has head on, he's yeah, got he's his head been, on straight, he, but I mean, if, he's been one of our most if, consistent players like on this, offense. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. But I mean, if, if they got to do something to, I, it, it's a business, man. If it ends up where Jamison doesn't want to be here no more and they have to cut him, it sucks. It might be a stupid move, but again, you know, I don't play. I don't play for the team. I don't run the team. All I do is root for the team. And if they can do something, if they can make something, make gold that it, you know, crap because of the situation, then go for it. You know, but again, I, I want. And, and I believe that Joe Douglas can be a hell of a lot better. And I actually believe he has been a hell of a lot better than our last couple of GMs because he doesn't have his head up his ass. Yeah. I mean, he's actually just trying to do what's right for the team. I mean, I, I McCagnan, when he first came in, you know, he, he seemed like he wanted to spend the farm to get all these guys and it seemed great on paper, but again, you know, it didn't work out. Izik, I, oh, it was a freaking I mean, disaster. Not, Don't I, even get me started on that. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. I mean, Tannenbaum put us in cap hell. I mean, there's things. I mean, there's there's little things that every GM's done that you could probably probably, probably do this a little bit. But with Joe Douglas, it seems like he's <clears throat> he's not only done some things, but he hasn't taken any any crap from all these players that who have bigger egos and they do talent. Like I know people want to, you know, I know that nobody wanted to really trade Jamal Adams, but when your player gets to a certain point and you can get the compensation he got back, you kind of go, okay, you know, thank you for your service, but Jesus Christ, you just fleeced the damn Seahawks. It's a, it's a, it's a good feeling. I wanted to trade Jamal. I know you did. I can't stand I, 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 I know. I, I'm, not, I'm not big <laughs> on big personalities. I get it. I'm not big on big personalities myself. I don't yeah, like yeah. people who are bigger than the team. I've never been. I've never been okay with a player that thinks you're bigger than the team. I, I like team players. I like people who got their head on straight. But Joe Douglas, to me, right now, to this point, he's been phenomenal. I'll put it like that. He's been phenomenal. Has he hit on every single guy he's brought in? Absolutely not. But that. that but he hasn't stopped. He's I mean, he knows he made a mistake. Yeah. I mean. I mean, he he messed up with Khalil. I mean, we all we all thought it was a good a, a good signing when he came in because he's like, oh, okay, this guy, he's been he, he was pretty even pretty good over uh, in Carolina, but obviously he swung, he missed, didn't work out, but you know, he tried to address the whole line somehow. I mean, that's one of the biggest things we've ever really talked about. Not just yeah. corners, not just quarterbacks. There's always been offensive line, and I mean, we're still we're still taking swings at it. Still don't know what's going to happen with Clark, Cameron Clark. I mean, there's a bunch of things that we can still question, but at least he's trying. At least he's giving his all, and he's and he's not just 
feeling complacent with the guys he has, which is great for me at least. So that's what my take on that is. All right, Harrison, follow it up. You got the Gatling gun. Fire away. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to fire it all. Let's do it. But quick, just getting back to the, the Becton thing first, because that, that would be what we were just talking about. The craziness of it, like last year, if he would have been shut down properly, his shoulder would have healed. But as I showed, I was tweeting it out, and I'd actually spoken to medical people at the time. His injury, if he kept pushing through it, it was going to tear. That was inevitably going to happen. They didn't shut him down. They kept putting him out. He kept re-aggravating the shoulder. That wouldn't happen. Now we have a coaching staff that is trying to be cautious because it's just OTAs shutting him down and all this crazy speculation and all this crazy crap for doing the right thing, for letting the guy heal as opposed to throwing him out there, which is just crazy. But when it comes to Joe Douglas, you guys know how I feel. And the best way to put it, like I was saying, my Monday night show, check out my last show. It was called All the Reasons Why Joe Douglas is a Great GM. And it was just me. And it was about an hour and a half long because there's so, so many reasons. Up to, leading up to that first draft, just briefly going through coming from the Ozzie Newsom school, the amazingness of that potential, loved when we brought him in. He was brought into it, and I cover this on the podcast episode. Please check it out. Uh, I talk about how he was brought into an impossible situation, brought in after a draft, after free agency. Sonny, you mentioned Khalil. It made sense. The guy comes into a team, free agency's done. The draft is done. Everyone who's got talent is already signed. He could have phoned it in. He could have been like, well, they brought me in now. The team's already built. I'm going to wash my hands of the situation, get a good draft pick because no one will blame me. But that's not what he did. He went out and tried. I mean, he missed, but he at least swung the freaking bat. He tried to get some hits and tried to put a team together. Just everything across the board, man. And you mentioned the draft picks that they all haven't panned out yet. The GM is not that player. People tend to neglect that when they go, oh, this guy didn't make it, this guy didn't make it. If you want to analyze the draft, you got to look at the potential of that guy at that time. And all the decisions Joe Douglas has made have been fantastic. I had said after that first draft, he took all except two guys that I wasn't a fan of. CJ knows it's the Florida guys, but I didn't hate him. I didn't hate him. I just thought they could have went later. And I thought there were other guys we could have got with those picks. That was really like, if we would have got Piron in the fifth and Zuniga in the fifth, I would have been cool with that. But at 79, there was a lot of the guys I wanted. That's the yeah. Let me tell you something. Piron and Zuniga would not have lasted to the fifth round. And I could, I could probably bet you on a stack of Bibles that they probably would have ended up in new England. And then, you know what? They would have started blowing up in new England and then, Jeff Enns would have been like, well, why didn't we draft that guy? Or why didn't we get that guy? Like we do every single year. Maybe, but Zuniga was raw. It's just, it's rough to, it was hard for me as. Dude, he is, he is absolutely, he's absolutely busting ass in OTAs. He's probably not getting talked about enough, but. He's been he's been coming through in the, in this whole four three defense. He's been off in the four three system. I, I I don't want him. You know, I'm a Jet fan. Like like CJ said. Sorry, like uh, Jimmy said. It's not about the player. It's about the team. Right. So like you know I I wasn't you know I wouldn't take P Ryan there. But if P Ryan becomes the guy, that's freaking awesome. Like whoever wants to become the guy. Kind of like what you mentioned before. You know who wants to step up. Other than Zach Wilson, this is an open slate to me, man. Whoever yep. wants it, come gets it. If you want an undrafted guy, if freaking Jeff Smith and Keelan Cole want to be wide receiver one and two do it like be the guy we need people to step up competition breeds success all the time but i'm telling you guys so much i went into his trades what he gets we got more 
for Sam Darnold, statistically the worst quarterback in the NFL, than the freaking Falcons got for a Hall of Fame wide receiver yep. that is one of the best of all time. Like, just let that sink in. He got two first for Jamal Adams, a guy that Marcus May is now graded higher than. Bay's the seventh rated safety. Jamal's the tenth, according to PFF. Check it out, an hour and a half. There's so many reasons. We have the guy. I felt it when we got him. We have a great GM. That's the piece. That's He brings in everything. Like CJ said, everything flows through the GM. If you have a great GM, good things are going to happen. And that's what's going to happen for us. All right, guys. So we are starting to come up against it. So really quick, we're going to swing around the room. And I want everyone to give out their social media information and where they can be found. And obviously, we'll, we'll start talking a little bit about the show. But first off... Hats off to our very special guest, Sonny Makuchi, on short notice, coming in, sitting in for Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson. You absolutely did a magnificent job. Bravo to you, my friend. We absolutely love you, and you are welcome to come back on anytime you want. But first off, Sonny, please tell everyone from uh, uh, Weapons Hot how they can get in touch with you, how they can interact with you on social media. Facebook's a bunch of jerk-offs. Um, you can catch me on actual Facebook at Matt Makuchi. Um, That's my real name. Sonny is just my personality. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Sonny60 Name Shades. Uh, I'm just, I'm basically just getting into it. I, I've had it for, I don't know, over like, I guess a decade. I just really started getting into it recently. I don't know why. Also, you can, um, you can catch me. I don't know what the, what days it is right now because I think we're changing our platform, uh, how we're doing it. But you can catch me at live rounds. Uh, it's usually every Tuesday, starting at seven. I, again, you can you can join the group and you can keep up with us to see what the situation is. But Blue Jeans, that's the uh, the platform we usually use to, you know, view all of our videos. Sucks. So we're going to be changing that soon. Maybe uh, you know upgrading our software. Uh, that's on Kevin Robbins and see what he's going to do right there. But when you catch me on there, uh, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit more flagrant, a little bit more foul, a little bit more villainous. Definitely like to curse a lot more because mm-hmm. that's really just like weapons hot after dark, brother. That's the whole reason we have that vehicle. <laughs> yeah, man, I can't wait to have yeah. you on after dark, bro. Dude, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm a little, I'm a little crazy with that. Uh, but thank you for having me. Uh, much appreciated. Always, guys. Thank you. <laughs> it is our pleasure, Sonny. It is our pleasure. All right. So, you guys know how you can follow the show, but just in case you don't, on Twitter, at CNC Jets Factor, you can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner is in crime on the other side of the glass. Mr. Harrison, the Fireball Glazer, our rookie test pilot, at NYJetsTFMedia. Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, at JetsByJimmy. Also, our partner in crime who is not here tonight, Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Go and like and subscribe the Weapons Hot Facebook page and also our YouTube channel. The YouTube channel is the exclusive home for Weapons Hot After Dark, where it is uncensored, no rating. You have no idea what's coming out of our mouths at any given time, but let me tell you, it's a good time. Fire takes. Like Sonny said, he's already made an appearance and we can't wait to have him back on. Also, don't forget, you can find us exclusively on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. 
go and like and subscribe to their Facebook page. Go to WorldWideSportsRadio.com where you can not only catch our content, but you could also catch other shows' contents and other shows' material as well. Also check out our archives and some really great articles on WorldWideSportsRadio.com. The best way to get a hold of us, download the app. Google Play if you have an Android, iOS, go to your Apple Play Store, search in WWSRN, and you'll be able to download that app. Make us one of your favorites, and every time we pop on, you will get a notification. Also, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine has a YouTube channel that he does where talks about things Jets fans say, has exclusive videos and content up there. Be sure to go and give him a like and a follow. And, of course, our rookie test pilot, Mr. Harrison Fireball Glazer. Every Monday night, the Take Fire, Spit and Fire, or Take Flight, Spit and Fire podcast. That's a mouthful for me to say, and my mouth is a little bit tired because I've been talking all day. So, go and check out his YouTube channel. Like and subscribe. He's also going to be coming up being a member of the Ain't Easy Being Green Squad, um, helping them out along the way as they start to transition into the future. So, with that... For Mr. Sunny Shades Makuchi, Harrison the Fireball Glazer, and Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller D. Simone, and we are going to be signing off for tonight. We will see you guys when we see you guys. Peace, love, go Jets, and I will leave you with the best chant in the National Football League. <laughs> And don't forget, following this show, Wise Guys is coming up on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Be sure to stick around and go check them out, Clarence Nixon and company. They do a great job over there, although Clarence is a troll. And we can't wait for the Jets to beat the Cincinnati Bengals' ass. And your happy ass is coming on this show when that happens. Peace out. Wise Guys is next on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network.